Welcome in, everyone, to another edition of Coach Time on the Believe Network. I'm your host, John Lyons, and today's episode virtually wrote itself thanks to the Boston Bruins. The Boston Bruins are all in, and I love it. Today, they signed David Pasternak to an eight-year, $90 million extension, $11.25 AAV million per year. They traded for Dmitry Orlov and Garnett Hathaway a week ago. They added Tyler Bertuzzi earlier today. So this is a team that is fully all in on winning a Stanley Cup. But what I like about it is they've surrendered some draft capital, I know, but they have not surrendered their two best prospects nor any significant pieces from their farm system. And they have a lot of guys still in their prime who are going to be good, not just now and not just for this cup run, but also for the future of the Boston Bruins over the next several years. So they're all in and I'm all in on the Bruins winning the cup this year and being good over the next several years. I'm going to tell you why. First, let's start with the David Pasternak extension. It's eight years, $90 million. Right now, Pasternak is one of the top five players in the NHL. He's only 26 years old. He's got 42 goals, 38 assists. That's 80 total points. He's a plus 27. And if you just look at his last few years, he had 40 goals last year. He's already beaten that. He had 20 in the 48 games he played in the 2020-2021 season. That season was a little bit shorter. If you take the 2019-20 season, which was part bubble, part pre-pandemic real world, if you will. He had 48 goals that year, which is a career high. He had 38 goals the year before that in the season. The Bruins went to the Stanley Cup and lost to the St. Louis Blues. And the year before that, he had 35, 34 the year before. Every year, this guy is well over 30 goals, except for one, at least of the last seven, eight years. And this year at 42 already, he's on pace to smash that 48-goal career high in 2019-2020. And that was a year that he finished fourth in Hart Trophy voting. And I'm going to get to the Hart Trophy later because he has a teammate that very well could be the Hart Trophy winner. But he's going to blow that away. And I think that's really important for the because if the Bruins are going to win the Stanley Cup, which I think they're in great position to, to, to do, they're going to need David Pasternak to be huge for them. And you look at his playoff experience, 2017-18, in 12 games, he had six goals. And then in the year the Bruins went to the Stanley Cup and lost in seven games, and I hate to bring that up again, Bruins fans, he had 24 games played. He had 19 points. He had nine goals, but quieter in that Stanley Cup final series. He did not play as well against the tough physical St. Louis Blues. He's added some muscle since then. He's obviously matured as a player since then. And Pasternak's a guy, to me, that not only is he going to be great for the cup run right now, which he is, but at 26, I mean, he's going to be here through age 34 season, which is all of his prime. He, him and Charlie McAvoy and Jeremy Swayman, we've already seen, and I'll put Hampus Lindholm in that group too. That's the core of the future Bruins. The post-Bergeron, post-Krejci, maybe even post-Marchand, depending on how long he plays. That core is Pasternak, McAvoy, Lindholm, and then Swayman. And that core is in place. That core is here for a very long time already. You have Swayman, who is not locked up yet. He's the only one not locked up long-term. McAvoy, long-term deal. Lindholm, long-term deal after the trade last year. Now today, David Pasternak with a long-term contract extension. Which And at eight years, $90 million, look, it's 11.25 AAV. That, first of all, I think he could have gotten 12 from the Bruins. I think he could have gotten 13 on the open market. But in addition to that, I mean, 12, 
13 would have been, I, I could have lived with 12 or 13. They get them at 11.25. That gives them extra money, albeit not a ton of extra money, but at least some extra money to play a around with over the next several years. And if he can continue to be essentially a point per game, actually really better than a point per game player this year in 60 games, he has 80 points last year in 72 games. He had 77 points. He was 48 and 48 in 2021. So he's been a point per game player at least over the last several years, of course, in 2020 at 95 points in 70 games, but this year, I mean, he's already well over point per game pace. He's 80 points through 60 games. He's going to finish, I think, with 50 goals this year, maybe even striking that. I mean, they have 20, 20 or so games left. He could, he could get to 50 goals, maybe 53, 54 goals. So he's going to smash that career high. He's only getting better, and he's been better on the defensive end as well. And that was the knock coming out early when he came in a league in 2014 is, oh, he can be a great, scorer well now he's a great passer and he's a better defenseman i'm saying i'm not saying he's a defensive forward that bergeron and martian are bergeron's the best defensive forward in the league but he's on a line with david krejci and pavel zaka and he is not a defensive weak link they can keep those guys together because they're all responsible in the defensive zone and i think that part of passion game has been huge for the growth of not only him but the bruins as well because like i said he is one of their most important pieces to win a cup this year, but he's also an important piece five years from now in that post-Bergeron Bruins team. It wasn't just Pasternak, though. Dmitry Orlov, Garnett Hathaway come over from the Capitals, Tyler Bertuzzi earlier today, and these additions, these are not your typical uh, trade deadline, hey, this guy could help us out. These are bigger swings, and I say bigger both literally and figuratively, because Garnett Hathaway at forward, let's start with him, 6'3", 208. He's got some nasty to his game. He's not going to score a ton of goals. He only had nine goals uh, so far this year. He had 14 goals last year, six and nine the two years before that, respectively. So, look, he's not going to light the lamp all over the place, but he is going to give you tough, grinding minutes, which, again, is something the Bruins have lacked in the playoff the last few years, really, going back to, 2018 against Tampa, 2019 against St. Louis. So Garnet Hathaway, and of course, more recently, Garnet Hathaway is going to give them some legit toughness and hard-earned minutes for the Bruins throughout this playoff run and obviously in future years here. He's from Maine. It's a great fit for him being on the Bruins. And you just look at his playoff numbers. He had Washington was not very good the last two years. They made the playoffs. He was a minus six last year. He was a plus two in 2021. He had a couple goals in the 2021 playoffs as well. Now he's just over 30. I think this is a guy that he's not going to be flashy. He's not going to put a ton of pucks in that, but that's not his job, right? He's just turned 31. He's tough. He's big. He's physical. He's a vet. He's going to get them some legit minutes, which I think, again, they really need. But the part of the trade that I'm much more excited about is Dmitry Orlov. Orlov comes in because, look, they both came from Washington, but Orlov won a Stanley Cup with the Washington Capitals in 2018. Hathaway wasn't on that team. So Hathaway, 5'11", 214 pounds. So he's thick. He's not super tall. He's not 6'1". He's not 6'2", but he's thick and he's tough. And I think that's really important for the playoffs because, look, I love Mac Rizlik. One thing I think has happened to him sometimes in the playoffs, bigger forwards, bigger bigger defensemen have targeted him at times and taken away some of his strengths as a puck mover and made him 
or forced him to play a tougher game, which I'm not saying he can't play tough, but he's just a smaller guy. It's harder for him. Orlov can step in. He can play top pair minutes. He can play second pair minutes. He can play third pair minutes. And what's really valuable, too, is the Bruins defense course. Brandon Carlo is a guy that I like. A lot of people criticize him. I like him. He's big. He's tough. He's physical. But he is injury prone. He's had a lot of injury problems. Grizzlick has had some injury histories. Orlov can come in and give you insurance against that. If Grizzlick goes down for a game or two in the playoffs, you have Orlov slot up on that top pair with McAvoy. You're fine. If Brandon Carlo goes down for a game or two in the playoffs, you slot Orlov into that pair. You're fine. Like I think the Bruins with Orlov, not only did they bring in a good defenseman who in his own right is going to play significant playoff minutes, but it gives them some insurance should one of their defensemen suffer an injury, which we've seen happen and we've seen hurt them in the playoffs before Zidane Char in 2019, Brandon Carlo with a big injury the last day of the season before that. So to me, Orlov, not just a great in his own right minutes guy, he's also going to give them some really valuable insurance should they have any injuries going forward. And it's a long playoff run. They're going to need it. The final major addition that the Boston Bruins made was Tyler Bertuzzi from the Red Wings. Now, he's spent most of this year injured. He's had two separate injury stints. He's only got four goals this year. But last year, he had 30 goals. He's a top six wing, which with Taylor Hall out, he's on long-term injured reserve. Nick Foligno is also out. The Hathaway edition, as well as now the Bertuzzi edition, I think take on even greater importance. But Bertuzzi's another guy that, in his own right, much like Orlov, he can play some big playoff minutes if needed. Which, I, which is huge. Right? Anytime you can bring a player in that can play big playoff minutes, that's huge. But on top of it, now you have your insurance policy. 6'1", 186, relatively big. He's 28, still right in his prime. And look, 68 games last year, 62 points. And I know it was not a very good Red Wings team, and the Red Wings haven't been good for several years. But again, the year before that, he had injuries, only played in nine games, still has seven points. 71 games the year before that, 48 points. So he can give you, you know, anywhere from 40 to 60 points on an 82-game pace. This year, he's not going to play, obviously, anywhere near 82 games. But come the playoffs, again, it's another guy that I think can be really valuable for them as an insurance piece, but also a good player in his own right. Can they put him on the second line and get valuable minutes? Yes. Can they put him on the first line, at least as a fill-in, and get some valuable minutes? Can he fit in? Yeah. Is he going to be as good as Brad Marchand? Of course not. But it can give them some legit valuable minutes. I think if Hall is out for a long, and he's on long-term injured reserve, if he really is out for a long time and Bertuzzi's that third-line wing, that's awesome for the Bruins. That gives them someone that, yeah, maybe not as raw talented as Taylor Hall, not going to score quite as much, but he's going to hold his own and he's going to help them win games from that spot. Maybe not quite the impact that Hall has, but Taylor Hall's Taylor Hall, right? He has his own level of impact for a reason. But I think Bertuzzi's a guy that can come in and at least hold the fort down. And then once Hall comes back, they can move Bertuzzi around a little bit, even fourth line minutes. First line minutes as a fill-in, second line minutes. They can move him around, which I think is really valuable. I've talked about Pasternak and the forwards and the Orlov edition on defense. I haven't even talked about a guy, and I mentioned this earlier, I alluded to it, who could be an MVP candidate, and that's Linus Olmark. And I'm going to get into exactly why Linus Olmark is an MVP candidate in just a second. Stick with us. Brief word from our sponsors. I'll be right back and tell you why Olmark's a legit MVP candidate. 
Thank you to our sponsors for that quick word. And I want to talk about Linus Omar and why he is an MVP candidate for the Boston Bruins. And it's tough for a goalie to win the MVP. So why is Linus Omar an MVP candidate for the Boston Bruins? Well, he's got 31 wins, first in the NHL. He's got a 1.88 goals against average. That's 0.18 better than the guy in second place at 2.06. His save percentage is 938. That's also first. Last time a goalie won the MVP, Carey Price in 2015, he also won that triple crown, if you will, of goalies with first in wins, first in goals against average, and first in save percentage. So Linus Olmark is a legit MVP candidate. And you can look at the Bruins and why they're the best team in the NHL for a lot of reasons. Olmark is at or near the top of the list, and he is a real MVP candidate, especially if he goes on to win the triple crown in wins, save percentage, and goals against. Now, look, I know Connor McDavid is there. Connor McDavid, I think he's got 117 points now, which is, as of yesterday, he was 20 points ahead of the guy in second place, more than 20 points ahead. I think he was 25 ahead of the second place points getter, which I think is Leon Dreisaitl at this point. So McDavid's probably going to win the award because he is that good. He's truly a Hall of Famer. On a And he hasn't won as much as Gretzky, but offensive skill and impact on the offensive end. I think he's on a Gretzky-Ovechkin type track. We'll see if he ends up winning a cup. But I think Olmark, at worst, should finish second in MVP voting. And I think if he has a better finish to the season than McDavid does, he should probably get the MVP. But at a worst, he should be second in MVP voting couple other pieces of NHL news I want to get to. One is Jacob Chikrin going to Ottawa. Not a huge price. Yeah, conditional pick. He's a guy that I thought the Bruins would target. And would I have liked him over Orlov? Yeah. But the combination of Orlov and Hathaway, given what the Bruins have, I'm happy with. But I think Chikrin and Ottawa, that's another team making a playoff push. Patrick Kane traded to the New York Rangers. Now, we think of Patrick Kane as this elite Hall of Fame scorer. And he is. He may not be putting up the numbers he did in his prime, but the most important thing about Patrick Kane, if you're the New York Rangers, because it's a team, I mean, Igor Shesterkin won the Vesna a year ago. Adam Fox is a Norris Trophy-level defenseman. They got deep in the playoffs last year. The Rangers are a team that they need to find a way to beat the Boston Bruins in the Stanley Cup playoffs if they're going to win a cup. They added Tarasenko. Now they add Patrick Kane, who in 136 career playoff games, has 132 points. He's got three cup wins. He scored a game-winning goal in 2010 in overtime to win the Stanley Cup. He followed that up in 2013 by winning the Conn Smythe Trophy. So this is a guy that, yeah, is he in his prime? No. Is he as elite a player as he was six, seven years ago or even four years ago? No. But you put him in the playoffs on a team that has Shesterkin and Fox, Tarasenko and Panarin, He's going to have an impact. And if they do beat the Boston Bruins, I think he's going to end up having a good series. I'm still picking the Bruins. But if they were to beat him, I think Kane would be a key piece of that into being able to get that point-per-game type production play because he. I don't think he's necessarily going to play on their first line or second. They're going to slot him maybe a little bit lower, get some more favorable matchups. So I think the Patrick Kane deal is going to be really impactful. I, I think the Orlov deal for the Bruins is huge. I think the Kane deal for the Rangers is just as big in just a little bit of a different way because these are two teams that I think 
at some point they're going to play each other in the Stanley Cup playoffs, and we're going to see which moves at this trade deadline pay off more, whether it's Tarasenko and Kane or Orlov, Hathaway, and Bertuzzi coming to an already juggernaut Bruins team. Well, I spent this whole episode talking hockey, but it was a pleasure. As always, thank you very much for listening. I love talking hockey. I love talking all sports, but I don't get a chance to talk hockey as much because there's usually so much NFL news to go through, but had to go through the Boston Bruins huge last couple weeks and the New York Rangers getting Patrick Kane as well. So thank you very much for listening. Tune in next time because my next episode is going to have a special guest to talk Patriots, NFL, and NFL draft. Thanks for listening.